everyone. My name is Leslie Scholl and welcome to the Let's All Flourish podcast where we are everyday relatable people talking about optimal wellness and discovering ways to help families, kids, and young adults discover their version of optimal wellness through lifestyle, movement, attitude, and nutrition choices that will allow children to engage and focus better at school parents to feel better about themselves at work and at home, and the family unit to thrive in the community as a whole. Update for today, we will not be talking about disappointment until next week. If you're sad, I understand. This will be a practice in managing disappointment. We are bobbing and weaving as necessary over here in the podcast world, and today we are talking instead about a nutritional topic. This is one of our four buckets. What is a healthy meal in the first place? And now that we are home all the time, or most of the time, how can we best use that time to plan healthy meals so that as our lives do start to kick back in, we can continue to enjoy healthy meals, whether it be at work or with the family or at play? So today we're going to be talking about that topic of healthy meals and planning with your family with my good friend, Angela Garvey. She will be in studio today. Before we do get started, though, I would just would like to thank Let's All Flourish for sponsoring our episode today. Let's All Flourish is a health and wellness company impacting wellness for families around the world. Let's All Flourish provides workshops and lectures on lifestyle, exercise, attitude, and nutrition to corporate and private clients. We work with sports teams, schools, and church groups interested in leadership, empowerment, social and emotional health, and digital literacy. One-on-one coaching is also available. For more information, contact Let's All Flourish at gmail.com. Hello. Hello. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So I am in my little home studio today with Angela Garvey. So glad you could stop by. Thanks for having me. We are here. So today is a little bit different. I know we talked a lot last week about the week's topic going to be disappointment. And I decided to switch it up a little bit because the... Mode of the time that we are in is flexibility, and I'm flexing. So we're doing nutrition instead and healthy meals. Woohoo! So I appreciate Angela flexing with me and saying, "Sure, I'll come in and talk about healthy meals and nutrition with you, Leslie." Absolutely, she's a rock star. Yay! So I wanted to talk to Angela. We've got. Um, I've known Angela. How long have I known you now? 2013, I think. I think so. We met at Laguna Creek High School here on Elk, in Elk Grove. And I should tell our listeners, we're coming to you from Elk Grove, California, which I've learned from some people like, where is Elk Grove? And Elk Grove is in Sacramento, which is the capital of California, which is on the western side of the United States from our list for our listeners who are in Cyprus and Peru and Japan and all of the other places that are listening around the world. We appreciate you listening. But just to give you some reference of 
um, where we are here. But I met Angela at school, and I just want to share with you that Angela comes to us. She became a certified health coach with the Dr. Sears program, like I became certified as well. She was way ahead, though, back in 2009. She was one of the first coaches ever certified through the Dr. Sears program. So she was like way ahead of the curve. Like right now it's this burgeoning career and you like saw it coming, which I think is phenomenal. I'd love to talk to you about that. For those of you who don't know, I mean, Dr. Sears is like we were just... America's pediatrician. America's pediatrician. I mean, I've had his books on my bedside table like raising my kids for on so many different topics, right? Absolutely. Like, what about you? Same, same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Probably even before my kids were born. Right. Yeah. So, um, and Angela ran workshops for parents and students. She is a wife and a mother, mom of two young men, Ian and Aiden, who I've had the pleasure of working with both of them in my strengths workshops. I love both of them. She runs and participates in triathlons. She does yoga and Pilates. I now know she has an 80-pound tortoise running around in the back of her (laughs) yard, which is hilarious. And we're just thrilled to have you in here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for stopping in. So what I wanted to talk to you about today, we got into a great discussion the other day as we were out walking around, moving our bodies, is healthy meals. Because it's a topic, I believe, that's always on all of our minds, especially as moms. And I want to say people in this day and age. It's not just moms. I think it's everybody these days, we hope. Right. Yeah, we hope. Um, Because we're all trying to keep our immune systems up. We are all abundantly aware of being health conscious and wanting to be healthy. It brings the question to my mind... What is a healthy meal? Anyways, we've all been there wanting to provide the healthy meals, and then we've all been super busy and just scrambling to grab whatever we can find. And I've been as guilty of it as anybody. And so if you're a family and we've been, let's say, pre-COVID days, if we can think back to the times when maybe you had kids running to soccer practice or say, or kids coming home from band practice and it's been more obnoxiously late than we want to think about and you just want to get food into them or you're coming home late from work and you just want to get food into you and you're grabbing whatever you can find. Or it's the morning and you're trying to get your kids out the door or you're trying to get yourself out the door and you're grabbing whatever you can find. You know, we all know the scenarios. Um, But now we've been stuck at home and family dinners are back. Right. Right. Family dinners are back. Family lunches are back. Family breakfasts are back. We're just really all together. And it's been really nice. We've had the opportunities. I know my family and I have gotten to the point where we were taking turns there for a while. Everybody was taking turns oh, cooking. That's wonderful. Yeah, it was super fun. Uh, then we kind of got burnt out on that. And sure. it went to the wayside. Now a little bit of more normalcy is coming in. So my question is, so I'm kind of being redundant, but you know, what are healthy meals? And then as we get back into normalcy, how do we keep some of the habits? How do, say, life does start to go back to normal? Because we're starting to see kids out on soccer fields and baseball fields right. again. 
you know, hopefully they'll be able to get back into band practice. Some of us are going back to work. How do we not slip into those bad habits? So if I could swing over to you and like, with, let's go with that very first question. Like what, what is a healthy meal, Angela? So Dr. Yeah. Sears really has a wonderful foundation that I use even to this day. And it's very simple. It keeps it very straightforward and he calls it traffic light eating. And yes. I'm not sure if you've spoken about traffic light eating. I haven't touched on that yet. So I love that you're bringing it up. Thank you. So foods are either green light, which would be all your fruits and vegetables, right. um, yellow light, which could be some processed foods like bread or pasta, that kind of thing. Um, and then red light is, oh, those are the, the bad I say bad. Those right. aren't the great things. So let's say ice cream or cake or right. chips. So And the idea is to eat as many uh, green and yellow light foods as you can and minimize your red light foods. Now, no food is off the table. No food is, you know, you can never, ever not eat ice cream again. It's just when I was working with the kids, it's like, just have a small portion, like the size of your fist. Don't have one the size of your head. Right. So... It's just trying to balance, making sure you have plenty of fruits and vegetables. Yes. And, you know, and then pure foods. So uh, foods that are whole grain preferred yes. over, say, just white rice or white pasta. Right. Or white bread. If you can mix in foods that have whole grain, like quinoa or brown rice, that's going to make a big difference. Right. So trying to balance that is what I would consider a healthy meal. Right. And then also... You were talking about, oh, you've got breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yes. So one of the things that we did, and you talk about being flexible, like today's our <laughs> flexibility day. Yeah. So it may mean when you're running out the door, it may mean breakfast is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yes. And it may mean you're having uh, whole grain waffles for dinner. Right. So it's whatever's going to work at that time. And it may mean you stockpile a bunch of homemade burritos and you have those in your freezer and that's what you eat on your way out the door or when you come in. I think planning is one of the key things. Yes. Having your standard meals that everybody will enjoy or at least most people in your family will enjoy and having those as if you can stockpile them, meaning do double batches. Wow. Uh, so you make, you know, was it chop chop once and make two meals? Yes. Um, just try to to have that available so you're never you're trying not to scramble. Right. So that's kind of the way I always did it because I had kids um, in gymnastics and then I also on swim team and in the international baccalaureate program. So yes. we were running like crazy. Both my kids were going to two different high schools. I was in a four-way carpool. So it was very, very busy. Right. But as long as you can have at least some foods available that everybody enjoys that are relatively healthy, right. I think that's going to pay off in spades. Right. I love, so the two things I'm hearing you say out of there that I loved, um, I think you said two or three, planning ahead, honestly, I've never been good at that, mm -hmm. ever, um, but I see the benefits to that, and I know a lot of people do that, you know, you see them posting on Facebook or something yeah. like, oh, meal prepping for the week, and right. like, oh, gosh, I wish I could do that, so I would love to talk to you more about that, mm -hmm. um, but the second thing that I heard you say was like, which would be so simple. I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like um, wrapping up a burrito. We eat a ton of things wrapped in tortillas here. Sure. My family loves that. 
And so much better if you can make your own burrito, wrap that up versus having a processed burrito, perhaps where you don't know where all those ingredients came from, right? You can individually wrap those, stockpile them, as you say, put them in the freezer. And that's something that when, you know, somebody can come home and just grab out and throw it in the microwave, warm that up and you're done. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. Um, in terms of planning for the week, t- did, were you, did you guys do that? Did, were you planners like oh, forward? Yeah. So I, in my prior life before children, yeah. um, I was a project manager for IBM. Yeah. So it's in my blood. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so I was a big meal planner. Okay. And usually, I mean, we had probably five to 10 staple meals that we would, I would draw from and yeah. kind of well, what would you like to have this week and work with uh, the family? Because as long as you have their buy-in, they're more likely to eat it. The go-tos. The go-tos. At least have those available. And then you can do something more adventurous on occasion. But what I learned, as long as I had the, one of the staples, at least in the bank, that if they just didn't, they couldn't stand whatever it was I was making, there was at least (laughs) something that they would enjoy. Yes. Yeah, so I would go through um, and do the lists, just the grocery list for yes. the staples, but I would also go through cookbooks yes. and get ideas, and um, I don't mind, I mean, I'm one of those people that doesn't mind shopping, Yeah. But uh, and I know it's it's tough, but when you can buy in bulk, I, I like to buy a lot of things in bulk, I'm a big Costco shopper, Sam's yeah. Club shopper, Smart and Final, and uh, so it just makes it easier when you have those ingredients on hand. And again, so you're yeah. not having to stop at the store on the way home from a busy day and then having to make dinner. Yes. Another thing I like to do was a lot of 30-minute meals. Ah. So that's tremendous. I used to do a lot of cooking with Rachel Ray's 30-minute okay. cookbooks. Okay. Yeah, and Cooking Light has um, some five-ingredient 15-minute meals and I made a lot of those during those days oh, as well. Okay. Um there, now today with the intro web, we have a lot of meal planning services. Um that if that's if meal planning's not your thing, look into some of these meal uh planning services that might help you with that. Oh, that's a great idea. So if that's not my strength. If it's not your strength <laughs> Or the other thing is maybe in, it's a strength of somebody in your family that right. they could then, you could delegate that to. Right. So the, I love that idea. And that was one of the things that we did when we were breaking up the, you know, I mentioned mm-hmm. at the beginning, like we were kind of sharing who's making a meal here. Because yeah. quite frankly, I was dying under it, you know, making so many dinners every single night for everyone and everybody wasn't loving everything that I loved, you know, everybody all of a sudden's home and then, ah, and so you're exactly right. Like divvy it up, pass it out. Absolutely. And I love the idea of using a meal planning app or something like that because yeah, why should we, because what will happen if that's not the thing we're good at is we won't do it. Right. Right. Like forget it. Hands up in the air. I can't do it. I also heard you say, if you don't love meal planning, pass it off to somebody in your family. Maybe that's something they would love. Absolutely. Get everybody's buy-in. Yeah. And um, have them try their hand at it. And they may not, you know, be good at it at first, but they may learn to love it. Right. So my younger son, he actually has taken up cooking quite a bit. Okay. And one of the things he's enjoying are some of the fancy gadgets. Uh-huh. So for Christmas, he got a sous vide. 
What so, is that? I don't know what that is either. So they use it in restaurants, and it's basically a warmer that goes into water. And so you would put, say, a cut of meat into a baggie into the warm water, and it, like, par-cooks par it. Okay. Up to a certain temperature, and then he, then he would just finish it off on the grill. Ah. Yeah, so that's how your your meal, you know, your steak is ready in 10 or 15 minutes at a restaurant. They ah. use a sous vide. So. He's been doing that and exploring more of the grill. Um, so he's not too keen on doing other things, but right. the grill is kind of like his domain now. Right. And so he's uh, enjoying that. Other things that will help are big tools that are available now. I use my Instant Pot all <gasps> the time. Yes. So an Instant Pot, um, an air fryer, which I haven't mastered yet, oh, but yeah. I also have a Vitamix, and okay. I make a lot of soups in the winter with my Vitamix. Yes. So those have been huge tools to save time, and there's great recipes out there. Another cookbook I have is, you know, weeknight meals in your Instant Pot. Okay. Those are things that come up in one of my marketing classes, in my business class. That Instant Pot comes up all oh the time, my and my students are always like, oh, that Instant Pot! And they talk about yeah. making everything literally from oatmeal to, like, I don't know, crazy things. Absolutely. I yes. make wonderful Mediterranean dishes in my instant pot but I also make pumpkin oatmeal so that's so, so yeah it's and you can make I guess people do make yogurt and you can can yes. with it there's all sorts of things I haven't quite explored all of that but how do I not have that okay that's gonna oh be you need list. to go okay <laughs> you need to get all right I'm those. gonna get that there is a um I do have an air fryer sitting on my dining room table that uh my daughter has and she has done some amazing things like I don't know what it's oh buffalo wing yeah 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 cauliflower mm-hmm. I've done cauliflower in mine, like Which breaded cauliflower. Yes. Yeah, but I use cauliflower, like chickpea flour, and yes. it's amazing. Yes, and it's super yummy and, you know, really low calorie because it's done in the chickpea flour with no oil. It's not mm -hmm. deep fried. Yeah. Yeah. Super yummy. All right. So also in all of that, I'm hearing you including the kids in the planning. How about the shopping? It, well, well, especially now that my children are older and have driver's licenses, yeah. uh, yes. So yes, they've done some of the shopping, and now with you know the age of COVID, though we do have what Instacart, and yeah. you know you can order it all online or curbside or whatever. Back in the day, we had Webvan. I don't know if you remember oh, Webvan. Yeah. I loved Webvan. Yeah. yeah. So we have that today, and but now that my kids are older, yes, they do participate in the shopping. Now, when they were, there, when they were little, did they love to go to the grocery store? Oh, heck no. Yeah. Unless they got the cookie, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. It gets a little bit more difficult. It can be more challenging. So, yeah. I'm thinking about, okay, so for our families that do have the little ones, mm -hmm. putting the, that green, yellow, red light into mm -hmm. play in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have the opportunity to do that with Ian and Aiden, with your boys or with other, with your yeah, clients? And definitely. How well, we would go, like I would do part of my workshops is they would cut out the ads yeah. and then post, the, they'd take the picture of whatever it is they cut out and put it on the red, green or yellow boards. I had big poster boards. Yeah. And so they would participate in that way. Yeah. But my kids, when, I mean, they were a little older, so they didn't, I, the red, yellow, green was, so they were kind of, yeah. Yeah. Remedial, perhaps, Remedial, for them. I guess, yeah. yeah. So they were okay with that. Yeah. But, but I think for little kids, I think that is a terrific way to introduce them to that. Yes. I'm just thinking um, for 
parents who may be taking their kids to the store and it gets tiresome or they get worn down with having to say, no, I don't want to get that. It's bad or it's good. No, we're not buying that. Or maybe you you just finally cave and are like, oh, okay. And you end up putting it in your cart because you're just tired of feeling like just tugged on because they know all their other friends are eating it. Right. It's almost could become a game with Mm -hmm. like, you could have so many green lights. If you put this many green lights in the cart, then you get a red light because again, red lights are okay, but just not all the time. Right. Yeah. Because that just means stop. And we all need a stop. We have to have some stoplights as we all know. Yes, we do. Especially the pandemic pudge, but yeah. um, Oh, pandemic pudge. (laughs) Um, Another thing I did with my children when they were especially little was Getting them to try new foods wasn't always the easiest thing. Oh, yes. So, so we had a very special candle that was decorated with, I think it had glitter on it or something. And if they tried a new food that I had prepared, then they got to blow out the candle of honor. And that worked pretty well when they were, when they were younger. Oh, that's really cute. I yeah. love that. The candle of the candle honor. The candle of honor. They got to blow it out and... And that, that did introduce them to some new foods. Not that they liked them all, but right. it was a big deal to be able to blow out that candle. That it, That's a super cute tip, a little candle of honor. And I have heard that it can take eight to ten times Correct. for a child to try something before they might like it. So parents, if you're listening, don't feel sad right. or disheartened if you're throwing out options out there and they're not liking it because... Right. Guess what? I have a household of vegetarians, and some of them still don't like that many vegetables. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and I have older teens because you know it's just difficult sometimes. They just their taste buds are trying to catch up, and unfortunately, the food supply that we have here in the United States is full of a lot of other stuff. So. We're battling a lot. You don't want to make food such a control issue because then that enters all these other psychological challenges. Right. So you don't want to make it into a control. And if they've tried something and they don't like it, just move on. And don't take it personally. I had too many times of doing that because I worked very hard on something and then they, you know, either wouldn't try it or tried it and then spit it out. (laughs) Right. So I had to learn to just kind of to make it neutral. Right. That was one of my questions for you, as you and I have talked about, like mm-hmm. feeling like the food police when you're at home yeah, and finding that balance. I mean, you kind of just spoke to that a little bit, yeah. but do you want to tell us a little bit more just, about... Yeah, I don't want to be the food police. I mean, I, I police it in terms of, because I do most of the shopping, in terms of what actually makes it into our house that I buy. Yes. So I can police it that way. Yes. But I'm not going to say, no, you can't have that Doritos ever. Right. Or you, or that's bad. Right. Because you just, because then you're putting all sorts of other psychological food issues with kids. And right. Yeah. So I've tried to not be that way. Right. And trying to give them more healthy options. Right. And when, you know, and there was some trickery involved too. So one of the things that I um, also used, one of my resources, two of my resources, um, were two cookbooks. One was called Deceptively Delicious by Jessica okay. Seinfeld. Okay. Oh. And the other one is called <gasps> The Sneaky Chef. 
That's where she... Yes. Okay, you talk about it. So, yes, The Sneaky Chef is by Missy Chase Lapine, and these books are available on Amazon. These were my saving grace when I couldn't get my kids to eat certain things. Okay. So tricks in there were to puree a bunch of food, steam different vegetables, puree them, things like cauliflower or carrots. Yes. Or you could even buy, and I often did this, the baby food version, the little jars. Yes. And so I would sneak a baby food jar full of pureed carrots into the spaghetti sauce. Yes. Um, Sometimes even just changing the texture of something. So if I had a chunky spaghetti sauce, my kids didn't want to eat it. But if I ran it through the food processor, they would eat it. Yes. And I would even have the the handheld um, mixing wand or a blending wand, you know? Yeah, yep, yep. And um, sometimes they wouldn't eat, they didn't want like chili because they didn't want the whole beans. Right. And I said, well, this is going to take the beans away. Yes. And I would, you know, make it into more of a less coarse um, texture and then, then they would eat it. Yes. So texture for kids especially is a big deal. And so if you can work around the texture. Or Leslie. Yeah, and sneak <laughs> and sneak foods in. Yes, um, that worked very well for me. Yes. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much for bringing that up because, and that is part of rewiring, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's so much. Like right now, I think you and I were talking the other day about how that like, there's sugar in our pasta now, and there's yeah. all these other things in our mm-hmm. foods that weren't there when we were kids. Correct. And so by doing this. And again, thank you, Jessica Seinfeld and the other uh, person. Uh, yeah, Missy Chase Lapine. Missy Chase Lapine. Lapine. Lapine, who had the idea of putting those types of vegetables and different things, that puts that taste into the food, and the kids might not know they're getting it, but they are. They're exactly. getting that taste of a vegetable in there and making it more you know, normal. That's, right. It's normalizing Because it's it. not overpowering, and yes. it's in a form that's not offensive to them. Yes. Offensive. I love that. Where normally I could see how, you know, like my kids would might even yeah. look at vegetables and be like, ah, yeah. asparagus face, might be offensive right? to some. You can see that face. I can see it right now. Oh, that's perfect. Yes, thank you. Let's talk about nutrition labels for a minute because okay. there's government guidelines out there that we know we, we kind of all count on nutrition labels and the front of packages to tell us things and what to look for when we're shopping, which I think is, and I think a lot of us have come to count on that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, wow, you know, it says that we need this and we need that. Do you count on those labels? Do you can you tell us like what you're looking at when you're looking at a package? So I'm I don't buy a lot of packaged food. I tend okay. to make most most things from scratch. But okay. if I buy, let's say I buy a spaghetti sauce. Okay. A, a, you know, a jarred spaghetti sauce. I'm okay. gonna look for one that doesn't have a lot of salt, it doesn't have a lot of oil, and it doesn't have a lot of things I can't pronounce. Okay. And that it was another Dr. Sears lesson is just if you can't pronounce it, you probably don't want to eat it. Okay. So I do a lot of that. Uh, I'm also looking to try to find the better option. Okay. So if I'm looking at, say, pancake mix, I'm going to go for the whole grain one at Trader Joe's versus the Bisquick. Okay. So I'm going to be looking for ingredients that I know are better for me. Um, trans fat, there's not too many of the, 
too much of that around anymore, but that's something. Yeah. yeah. So look for that kind of thing. But, you know, I'm looking for ones that don't have food coloring if possible. Now, if something has a little of that, I'm not going to not buy it if there's not an alternative or if that's what I'm doing. So because I know I eat so much healthier most of the time, it's kind of that 80-20 rule. Right. So if I have something that has, you know, red number five once in a couple of weeks, I'm not going to, you know, beat myself up over it. Right. And I think that's another thing is, is do the best you can, but don't pour on the guilt if you either slip up or if, if something is not stellar, knowing that you're feeding your family you're, and yourself most of the time really well. Yes. And just let it go. Yes. Oh, yes. Because like we just had, Fourth of July, or you might have the birthday party, or mm -hmm. we have those occasions that we need to have, we all want to have, or you're traveling, or whatever. Those things are going to happen, but we're doing the best that we can. Yes. Yes. And when you're eating out, and I know that's we're not doing too much of that now, but don't be afraid to ask for something different or a change. Okay. And yes. it's, it's okay. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, I'm mostly plant-based these yes. days, yeah. you know, whole food plant-based. And so I don't eat many eggs. But if I'm out for breakfast, I will basically order all the veggies that would go into an omelet. Okay. And then I'll have the potatoes. Okay. But I don't have the eggs. So I just basically ask for a veggie omelet with no eggs. So just saute me in some light oil, some vegetables. Yep all the vegetables you would have put in and maybe even extra. Yep. And then I'll have the potatoes and then I'll have some whole grain toast. Yep. So it's, they kind of look at me funny the first time, but the second time they're like, oh, you're the one that doesn't want eggs. I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So don't be afraid to ask for what you need. Right. Oh, yes. I love that. And because we're in charge of our own bodies and our own health. Right. And the you restaurants decide. are catering to us. Yeah. Right. We're their customers. Yeah. And I really think... I think they, they don't mind at, at this point in 2020, it's okay. Like yeah. it's not, I don't, I don't think, and maybe I'll hear for some restaurant owners and I would love to, but I think it's okay. I think so. I think they're okay with well, it. And if they don't, then you might not want to be eating there. Yeah. Yeah. I know that sounds harsh, but. No, I hear you. Yeah. And I, I tend to agree with you. Um, Let's talk about, since we're talking about restaurants, and we you mentioned a little bit earlier just kind of basic serving size. <laughs> um, I know there's that rule about, like, you know, you get that serving size from yeah. the restaurant. Are you a proponent of, like, hey, cut that puppy in half? Tell oh, me immediately. What you think. Yeah. I either, it's either I'm sharing this meal with somebody. Yes. Or I'm cutting in half and taking half home. Yes. And sometimes it's three meals. I know. So I, I really am cognizant of not overeating because I don't feel well when I overeat. I so know. I have no problem saying, can you box this for yes. me? Or can you get me a box? Yeah. I wonder, sometimes I wonder, like, are they overfeeding us on purpose? Like, what, what came first? I'm sure if we trace it back, we could trace it back to, like, when everything started getting so big, it was yep. supersizing, right? Yep. Everything started getting so big, and then the prices on the meals started going up mm -hmm. also. like I think it's this whole thought that it's a value proposition yeah that if we're going to charge you you know 18.99 for this entree then it has to be bigger than your head yeah. and it's like why don't you just charge me 9.99 but yeah for half but they don't do that 
So I just, I almost invariably will take half home. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Because back to like what you had said, our tummies are only so big. Mm-hmm. So really your meal should be about as big as your fist. I don't know if everybody yep. knew that, but that's correct. Yep. We're looking at small sizes folks. Um, okay. What else do I have here for you? Thinking about, again, I mentioned our international focus that we have here. Mm. Um, in the United States, I know it can be difficult to get a really healthy meal on the table economically. Mm-hmm. What recommendations would you have for our folks to be able to do that? Do you have things that you were doing when the kids were smaller, even now, to be able to do that? What things do you do? So the big things I do is I shop in bulk. Okay, that's right. You mentioned that. I shop in bulk yes. and I freeze a lot of things. We have a, you know, we're fortunate we have a spare fridge and we actually even have a, a chest freezer. Okay. And so I will buy chicken and then break it up. Okay. Into smaller packages and for instance, or fish or whatever it may be. So I try to buy in bulk, which tends to be less expensive. Okay. Yep. Um, I also make a lot, like I'll buy a bag of beans and use my instant pot versus buying a bunch of cans of beans. Yes. Yes. So it's that kind of thing. Um, I, I shop, you know, at Trader Joe's. I try to shop at the less expensive yes. markets a lot. Yeah. It's funny how many people think Trader Joe's is like a specialty expensive store, <laughs> and it's really so... Like not in my experience. But yeah. No, not in my know, experience either. The b- equivalent bread, we would buy the whole grain, multi, you know, multi-grain breads, and at one store it would be like $5. Yes. And at Trader Joe's it's two ninety nine. Right. So... I do a lot of that kind of yeah. thing too. So I, I tend to know which things are the least expensive at which stores. And I look right. for, of course, look for sales. Right. Yeah. Kind of thing. For, I love that. And I, you had mentioned before um, making the burritos ahead and, yep. and buying those types of things. I wonder if we were to do a little comparison of, you know, making beans from home, which a bag of beans is, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to quote prices, but it's just, it's cheap. A very, yeah, like I want to say maybe a couple dollars for oh, a maybe. bag of beans, like 16 yep. ounces in that bag mm-hmm. makes a huge pot of beans. Mm-hmm. You make up a bunch of burritos, freeze them, mm-hmm. and you were to compare that to a bunch of frozen burritos. Right, which could that, be three or four dollars a piece. Right. Or, you know, trying to go and buy burritos even at fast food. Like I know that some of our fast food restaurants are extremely cheap. However, when you weigh that with the cost of health and Paying all the price of, for that, yeah, there's I, I it it becomes this teeter totter, which we just so need to start looking at all that. You do, and I think a lot of people are very successful with doing like a morning or an afternoon on a weekend, if that's the day they have off, of yeah. doing food prep for the week. Yeah, of chopping all their vegetables. Yeah, and, you know, doing the shopping, going and chopping vegetables, putting those away making things like the burritos for the week yeah, or for however long. Yeah. And so that's another way. And you don't want to be throwing food away. Mm. So that's a huge thing. I think, we, was it 20 to 30% of our food we throw away? Oh, yeah. And so part of saving money is buying what you need and, you know, using it. Yes. You know what? That I have a friend 
who he shops for his meals. Dave Vollmer, if you're out there listening, but he shops for his meals every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, this is a luxury of time that we have right now, but doesn't go shopping until he knows what he's going to make, which I think is fantastic. That is absolutely a money and a time-saving thing, really, when you think about it. I have some other friends, Pat Foy, if you're listening, he calls it um, eating to the back of the cupboard. Yeah. Where they don't go shopping again until they've eaten to the back of their cupboard I and everything's it. gone. I know. I, I love, love that it. because we we have a tendency, too, to not pay attention to what's in the cupboard and then just go shopping. And and then you find, oh, my gosh, I already had those breadcrumbs. Yes. And I think, too, we forget how filling fruits and veggies can be mm-hmm. and what how much energy there is in those. So once it's it's all that training, right? Like once we figure out what fruits and veggies our kids will eat. Correct. And they're going to keep them fuller so much longer than the Cheetos. Mm-hmm. So really, again, that cost averaging of, do you buy the bags of Cheetos that aren't going to keep them full longer? Right. Or the bags of baby carrots? Yes. Or an apple that's going to keep them full and give them energy longer? Correct. And their teachers are going to so appreciate you because their behavior is going to be better. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and with this COVID stuff, uh, we, we grew a garden this year. Oh, so we have a tower garden, which is one of the aeroponic gardens, and it's been tell wonderful. us about that. Tell us about the tower so garden. So the tower garden, it's um, you have like little. It's a tower with little pods, and you put plants in the pods. Yes. So they're in little rock wool containers. Yeah. And you put the seedlings in there, and um, there's water in the bottom with yeah. nutrients, and yeah. it recycles using just like a little aquarium pump. And it's on a timer, and so it just cycles the nutrients through. Mine's on a 15-minute uh, on, and then it's 30 minutes stops, and then it then it starts again. And we're growing. I have four kinds of kale, and oh my of, gosh, yeah, I know it's fabulous. Um, so yeah, we're doing lettuces and string string beans, strawberries, tomatoes. There's so many plants you can grow in it. Now, they're a little pricey to start up, but you can feed a lot of people all summer. And you don't have to have a lot of space, Mm -mm. right? No. Like, how big of a space do you need for Mm. a garden? Maybe a couple feet. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that much. And it's just fun. It's a lot more fun. And then we also did do um, some traditional garden beds, and we have some containers as well. So it's been really fun to um, do that. My, my son, who's home from university this summer, yeah, he, that was his thing. He wanted to be a, you know, a gentleman farmer this summer. That's awesome. So we're growing squash and cucumbers and berries in his uh, boxes. We've got the tower garden going, and then we have five different tomato plants going in wow. containers. That's, I just think that's fantastic. And you know where the vegetables are going, or where, not where they're where going. Been, well, yeah. hopefully they're going in your tummy. Yeah. But where they're coming from, everybody's like working on it, and they're beautiful. I think if I'm, I think if I've seen them before, they were on the patio on a really cool restaurant yeah. in Pasadena. Yes, yes. There's a lot of industrial people using the tower gardens and restaurants and yeah. that kind of thing, too. Mm-hmm. Of course, that was tower, before we were shut down. But. Tower farms, they call them. Tower farms. I want to have my own tower farm. That's what oh, I could say. fabulous. But that's been really fun. And then for us, what we don't eat, um, the tortoise seeds. <laughs> that, that frisky tortoise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm looking down my list. I'm thinking we have gotten to the 
end, you've answered a lot of my really pressing questions. If you were going to leave our listeners with maybe like one of the most important things that that they could think about with meals and, and providing healthy meals for their families while they've got this time, just one small thing that they, you know, because we all just need, because what I, what I would be sad for everyone if they listened to this podcast and said, oh my gosh, okay, I'm going to take this on. I'm going to meal plan. I'm going to have tower gardens and I'm going to puree food. I'm going to do it all. If they were going to do just one little thing, we just want you to do one little thing. What would, what would you say? Start here. Honestly, I'd probably start with the planning. Okay. Being a project manager, I would say start with the planning because yeah. everything falls in place from there. Okay. If you don't have a plan, it makes it that much more difficult and that much more challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't know what you're having for dinner this week yeah. or this night, then it everything else can fall apart okay. pretty easily. So I would say do the meal planning and then stockpile. Okay. And even in this time, try some new things that you may never have tried before and not everything's going to, you know, be a home run, but if you can find even a few new meals that, to put into your rotation, yeah, I think that's really um, going to be a benefit. Okay. And then, as I said, just try to stockpile. Uh, so on those days that you just don't want to cook, but you don't want to stop at the fast food place, you you have meals at home ready to go. And don't be afraid, as I said, don't be afraid to have, you know, breakfast for dinner. Yes. I love that. Okay, so... Meal planning, we're going to start with meal planning, and we are involving everybody in the meal planning, so everybody's got some buy-in. Mm-hmm. And so work maybe something new in there, and then when you're making that meal, those meals for the week, make sure you're making extra mm-hmm. and stockpile in there. Those are some easy things we can get started with. Angela, I love that. Thank you so much for coming in. Oh, you're welcome. I just want to run through some of the other things that we went through, and I will put all of this in the show notes as well. Do you have anything that you would want to add for all the tips? Well, just little nuggets. Forgive that we're yourself taking? if you fall uh, off the wagon, or you know, it's okay. Yeah, just keep going. Yeah, don't beat yourself up. No guilt here. No, and I'll tell you, it gets better. Both my kids are much more adventurous in their eating now that they are young adults. Yeah. And it warms my heart because they weren't that way when they were younger. <laughs> it's and a it's small okay. window. It's okay. Yes, it's a small window. Yeah, so if you've got kids out there who just don't want to eat anything, the goal is get them to eat something and don't beat yourself up. You're doing the best you can. Right? right? It is all, every day is a new day. Angela, thank you so much for stopping by. You're welcome. Thank all you right. for having me. Okay. Our podcast today is brought to us by Let's All Flourish, a health and wellness company impacting wellness for families around the world. We've talked a lot today about healthy meals. If you would like to schedule a virtual workshop about 10 changes every family must make, contact us today at letsallflourish at gmail.com. So many good things that we talked about today with Angela. So let me see if I can summarize a little bit further some of the things that we talked about. So many great cookbooks that she mentioned, one by Rachel Ray, uh, Cooking Light, the five-ingredient cookbook, also 
Deceptively Delicious with Jessica Seinfeld. And then there was The Sneaky Chef with Missy Chase Lapine. I love both of those, the idea of actually chopping up the vegetables super small or pureeing them to get them into the food so that you're actually over time changing uh, taste buds and the taste for foods. Those are great ideas. Then for tasting foods, remember it takes eight to 10 tries for kids to like anything new. So don't be discouraged if your kids aren't liking something new that you're putting out there, especially a vegetable. Angela had a special candle that was super sparkly that she called the candle of honor. And whenever they tried something new, she let her kids light the candle. So whatever works in your family, Angela also suggested a couple good appliance options, Uh, Instant Pot, Vitamix, and the air fryer. I know that we've got one of those in my home, the air fryer. We talked about making buffalo cauliflower here. Super yummy. I've got to get that Instant Pot. Um, When shopping, always looking for the better option. So reading your labels and taking a look at what is in the ingredient list. If you can't pronounce something, moving on. If that ingredient list is super long, maybe it's time to look for something else. We know we're in a hurry, but again, right now we've got a little bit more time available to us. Use that time to shop a little bit more thoroughly. And if you've got kids that take an interest in this, bring them with you. Moving through the store in that green light, yellow light, red light manner. And you, if you've got little kids and you think they might like this, maybe we can get some stickers to them. Or if you've got stickers and you want to go through the store with little stickers, that might be fun also. But knowing that all fruits and veggies are green light, anything that's grown is a green light. Fill up your cart with that stuff and allow your kids to get as much of these foods as they want. That's like a free-for-all and what kind of fun that they might have, knowing, of course, that we don't want to throw food away, we don't want to be wasteful, but encourage them to choose things that they either want to try or that you know that they like. Yellow foods have been processed a little bit more, so slow down a little bit here. You might find green foods that have been turned into yellow foods with a little bit more of that processing. And then you have red light foods, that are special occasion foods, special snacks or desserts. We don't need as many of these. So it's just a way to work through the store. Give yourself grace and don't fall to the guilt. Every day is a new day to practice again and we are all just trying, so be kind to yourself. Also, if you're interested in a tower garden, love the idea of these, I think I wanna get one. You can contact Angela at a Garvey, and that's G-A-R-V-I-E at AOL.com. And I will also put that information in the show notes. Again, we want to thank Angela Garvey for stopping by the studio. Please tune in tomorrow. Remember this week going forward will be different. We're breaking up the episodes. We will be interviewing our young adult on managing your nutrition when you leave for college and your caregivers aren't there to do it for you anymore. Can't wait for this one. 